Hi everyone, I am Rachel Magania. I serve here at Cornerstone Covenant Church as the Children's Ministry Director. And today I have the opportunity to share with you about the fruit of the Spirit, peace. Before I begin, I just want to stop and pray. Lord, we want to hear what you want to speak to us. We are living in a time where there is such a clear lack of peace and there is um, so much division in our worlds. And God, we always, always, always are in need of you. But there are times where we are more aware of it. And I speak for myself and maybe a few others when I say that, God, this is a time when we are just so aware, like just so, so aware of our need for you. And God, we want to hear what you want to say to us today. And so we humble ourselves, we come low before you, and we just ask that you would speak to our hearts, that you would grow your fruit within us. Lord Jesus, and that you would be glorified with our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Alrighty. Well, again, I'm very excited to share with you, but I kind of want to like take a page from Paige's book and say, oh my gosh, ah, <laughs> this is actually a really challenging topic um, because like I said, when I was praying, this is a time when you look around you and you see such a need for peace. And that really excites me because as followers of Christ, when we are producing that fruit in our lives, when we're really producing love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, kindness, all of it, it is so illuminated. And we have a chance to bring so much glory to God through our lives. And yet oftentimes I think that there can also be elements of guilt and shame for when we are having moments of, oh my gosh, I am just not feeling the peace. And I just want to talk to you a little bit today about, as I've been studying about this, what I feel like God's been showing me and doing in my heart in relation to peace. And also um, where I see this in the life of Jesus. And so I just want to first start off saying that it's very interesting to me because when I look at abiding in Christ and being a branch that's connected to the vine and just resting in the fact that I am simply a branch, that I can't produce the fruit of myself. It only is produced when I'm resting in God and I'm looking at Jesus and I'm saying, okay, so he said, I abide in the Father and the Father abides in me. You kind of wonder like, okay, well, so what does that look like? What are these like ways that he abides in God and how does that like take effect in his life, kind of, like, I don't know, it's hard to explain, um, 
but I'm regularly intrigued by the moments that Jesus sneaks off away from his disciples and he goes away to pray. And I love that right before he's arrested, we finally get like a little bit of an inside sneak peek at, oh, okay, like what one of these times of praying away looks like. And it's very interesting. So I'm going to read it right now. It says, And he said to them, his disciples, My soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and keep watch. And he went a little beyond them and fell to the ground and began to pray that if it were possible, the hour might pass him by. And he was saying, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. And he came and he found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Could you not keep watch for one hour? Keep watching and praying that you may not come into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, he went away and prayed, saying the same words. And again, he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy, and they did not know what to answer him. And he came the third time and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? It is enough. The hour has come. Behold, the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. And as I've been praying and preparing, this passage about Jesus in the garden keeps coming back to me because, again, we live in this world and we are surrounded by so much ups and downs and change and crisis and chaos constantly. And sometimes it's easy to think that peace is, you know, having this pristine, polished life, this, you know, earthquake-proof life that no matter what happens, you're going to end up being okay. You know, maybe it's getting extra insurance or it's, I don't know, doing things that make you feel better. It's maybe it's, you know what, I feel really scared, freaked out. I'm going to take a nap or I'm going to go off and do this thing. And I'm going to, I don't know. Sometimes it's even impression management and trying to make it appear that we have our lives all together on social media or whatever it looks like. We often go after peace in the world in a way that isn't actually true peace. And in fact, it's a little bit like sometimes can be like trying to put a fake fruit on a tree. But this fruit is full of styrofoam. It's not nutritious. It's not delicious. It's not doing anything good. And actually, if I were to try to eat this, it would be very bad for me, although it looks delicious. Um, 
But when we look at this passage of Jesus, who is the Prince of Peace, he's essentially saying, this is really hard. If there's any other way around this or to not do this thing, which is dying, this brutal death, then I would really like to do that. But not my will, but your will be done. So he has like what he wants, but ultimately he's submitted to God and what God wants. And I think that's a really interesting insight into what it means for Jesus to abide in the Father and for us to abide in him. is to say, God, we know what we want, but not our will, but your will be done. And one of the things that is very interesting as we look at Galatians 5, the passage about the fruit of the Spirit, is that it's really sharply contrasted between the fruit of the Spirit and the fruit of the flesh. And it goes into quite a bit of detail explaining that you can't, like, they're constantly going to be at war with each other. Your spirit is going to want what your flesh doesn't want. And your flesh is going to be constantly trying to steal at it. And your spirit is going to, like when your flesh is wanting to be in control, it's not even going to be satisfying because your spirit is like, what are you doing? This doesn't satisfy you. You don't want that. And then... I think that sometimes being caught in the middle of those two things can create so much inner turmoil and this dissonance within ourselves and ultimately creates friction when we come to God because we know that we're not living lives that are seeking to honor and glorify him. We're seeking to glorify ourselves. And so I want to share with you what the peace that it talks about in Galatians 5 means. It's this word, Irene, which means the Messiah's peace, which is salvation. And it also means a tranquil state. Sorry, so look at my notes. A tranquil state assured of salvation, fearing nothing from God, and content with earthly lot. So, in this passage of Jesus in the garden, it's that place where we see that contentment with earthly lot is accepting God's will, even if it means suffering. And then later, in Hebrews, it says, that he endured the pain of the cross for the joy set before him. But I want to jump back really quick to the disciples because he said, keep watching and praying that you may not come into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, he went away and prayed, saying the same words. And he prayed the same thing again. God, not my will, but your will. 
And I think it's very, like, it's encouraging to me and convicting that Jesus looked at his disciples who fell asleep. And he's saying, not like, oh, you guys, again. like, I mean, he did say, can you not stay awake for one hour to keep watch? Not even one hour. But he also said, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. It's like, he got it. You want to, but your flesh is getting in the way. And he encouraged them and said, pray that you don't fall into temptation. And when I read that, that really encourages me. And I think it's an encouragement for all of us that temptation is always going to be there. Like there's always going to be something that we're struggling with and against, but we can pray and ask God to help us to not fall into temptation to almost get ahead of the war between flesh and spirit by saying like, no, I'm like not even going to go into temptation zone. I'm avoiding that area completely. And so that's one thing I just wanted to kind of point out. Um, And you know, one of the other verses that I've been really, like it's been standing out to me, a lot as I have been looking at this is that Jesus had this ability to say not my will but your will be done so that he could be a sacrifice to God that brought God glory and that also created a way for us to have peace with God and so this peace that is that tranquility, it's that we're not constantly at war between our flesh and our spirit, where we're choosing to walk in the spirit and to abide in Christ. But it also is a way of us having a relationship with God, which is amazing. But there's also this third invitation, I think, I see, which is that he invites us to share with him in his suffering and in his joy and to offer our bodies as living sacrifices holy and pleasing to God so that we'll be able as he transforms us and he renews our mind we'll be able to test and approve what his good, pleasing and perfect will is and it's so that that can be our spiritual act of worship that our lives can bring glory and honor to him. And so that is the end of my very short little message. Um, But in closing, I have to ask the question and encourage you just to go back to God right now and to say like, okay, God, where do I need to experience your peace? And invite him into that place and to show you what he wants to do in your heart. Because it isn't something that he can, not that he can't, he can do anything, but I don't think he wants to just put a band-aid on 
the areas of our lives where there's a lack of peace. I think he wants to change us from the inside out and he wants to renew us and bring life into us because us abiding in him is having our roots go down deep into his living water so that that flows through us and it sustains us and it makes us new. And so I just encourage you to ask God what he wants to do in your heart and how he wants to bring you peace. And maybe you're watching this and you have no idea what I'm talking about, but you just know that you desperately need God's peace. I just encourage you to come to him and to just say, God, search my heart and know my ways. Show me if there is anything in me that is not pleasing to you and cleanse me and make me new so that you can be glorified in my life. I want your peace. I want that closeness with you. And I know that it only comes from abiding in you and allowing you to abide in me. And I want you to feel at home and at peace in my heart and in my spirit. So I pray that you'll show me and that God, you'll help where my spirit is willing and my flesh is weak. That God, you'll help me and you'll help all of us to crucify our flesh so that we can live in the spirit. We can abide in you and we can experience your peace. We love you. We want to honor you and glorify you. In Jesus' name, amen.